Welcome to Ms. Lyrics Poetry Outlaws, a show about all things poetry. I'm your host, Catherine Owen. Consider the Peony by Helen Hanway Liu. It is for the lack of piety that the peony pushes silken gold to the bees. They're pilfering seeds, thyme, and marjoram, and peonies no longer. This is what lack of piety does, pollinate. The vinegar washes over blackwood ear, five spice, sesame, a full moon, firecrackers, the red of my father's palm lashing across my cheek. His hair has dwindled and smoothened like a duck's egg rolling on the newspapered floor of the apartment, cluttering against the jagged corners for want of a mattress. Wind chimes. My mother almost ran away with a taxi driver, times are so bad. At the pawn shop, porcelain angels grin crookedly, all of East Hastings smells of workmen and wandering cigarettes. I write because my mother hits me if I do not. I'll have a daughter if I must, but she won't be stupid, she'll say. Now words are the agony of a girlhood, populated by star anise and fermented beans, ground together roughly until the decadence of love and brine simmered through the night. Hush, a boy is coming. My father at the birthing bed writes down characters. Sun, sea, riches, light, best of names for the best of children, an enthused, croaking lullaby. When you grow up, I'll bequeath to you all the volumes of our family history. You'll pass them to your son after you. There are no such volumes. No wonder the peony does what the peony does. The enfant prodigue has bathed in the whirlpool of wolfberries and ginger, marinated her skin. Now she drains the broth through rusted pipes tumbling towards the sea and seeks no forgiveness. Steam rises from wild yam and congee. Each granule dangles in the liquid tassel of blinking lights of the airplane carrying my family eastbound. I take a mouthful. Wait for the bees. Hey, it's 9 a.m. I am back at my studio for today. Then I'm off to Vancouver this evening for an unfortunate reason, uh, the memorial of my drummer who was shot to death uh, four months ago in Surrey uh, at the age of 38. So I am going to his memorial, which is curiously and amazingly at Playland in the Peony. And I've written him a eulogy, and I'm hoping to recite Robinson Jeffers first, as I always used to when we performed with our band Inhuman. So it's pouring rain, it's stormed all night, everything is gray, and I thought I'd read Consider the Peony by Helen Hanway Luo. I'm hoping I'm pronouncing her name correctly. Uh, this poem I picked from the Best Canadian Poetry 2023 to discuss for many reasons. Uh, one, because it takes place in Vancouver, where I was born and raised, so it's very um, located in that particular and familiar realm. And also because it has gorgeous sounds and imagery in it. But first of all, I'm going to read what John Barton says about it in the introduction. He just says... This poem documents the challenges of growing up Chinese in Vancouver, definitely during a particular time, because I would say that 
Chinese culture permeates Vancouver now. So hopefully there's fewer challenges to growing up Chinese here than there was back in, say, the 70s and, and prior, um, when it just was much less prevalent and there was likely more racism. So Luo writes of Consider the Peony. This poem opens with a reworked line from Montaigne's essays. She is a philosophy PhD candidate. So uh, she's got this philosophical underpinning to the piece on the idea that knowledge belongs to whoever acquires it, no matter its origin. This is from Montaigne. The bees plunder the flowers here and there, but afterward they make of them honey, which is all theirs. It is no longer thyme or marjoram. It's a profoundly optimistic statement on the power of transformation. Throughout the composition, I was compelled by the inverse narrative centered around non-belonging after metamorphosis, particularly around the mythos of immigration stories. There's love here, a violent one, but bitterness too, as the family struggles to reinvent itself after migration. The father rewrites his legacy from nothingness with his son, but loses his daughter. The mother only almost runs away with the taxi driver, and of course the daughter abandons her burden of culture to the bees. I wrote this poem in a rapid and bone-chilling storm of spite. Upon revisiting, I'm struck not by the severity, but by the tender sadness. As I see it, the bees never come. So yes, the poem is a narrative piece. It's written in a rush of a chunk, uh, a swirl, a, a leaping, um, a kind of swirling of imagery, um, a surging and what strikes me about this piece is it's got a great attention, as one needs in writing poetry, to sound, to language like silken with pilfering in the same line. And then we have the contrast in the long eye of piety. We have the tensions between the uh, proliferation of the sensual and the knowledgeable and the resistance the complication, the interruption. So we have descriptions of uh, using senses, five spices, sesame. And then we have this kind of awkwardness of a line that starts with smoothened and then ends with newspapered, uh, relating to the father's dwindled hair. So we've got lots of sounds that connect to this kind of disjunctiveness in the piece, cluttering, jagged, crookedly, and we have um, italicized statements from the mother first. I'll have a daughter if I must, but she won't be stupid. And then the father next. When you grow up, I'll bequeath to you all the volumes of our family history. You'll pass them to your son after you. So these statements that seem glorious and you know um, connected to a lineage, but really they're an appendage. They're uh, useless as an appendix. They are absences. They are erasures. And that is kind of these two statements are kind of bookends to um, more sensory details of star anise and fermented beans and the writing of sea and riches and light, but also the hush, a boy is coming. Uh, that's the future the developing sexuality, everything just seems somewhat um, disturbed and potentially dangerous. The enfant prodigue, 
why do we have the French inserted in there, like the uh, enfant terrible, only prodigue, uh, prodigal, but also prodigious. So connecting back to the pollination of the bees because they lack piety. They want to have continuance through the flowers. They want to transform, to marinate, uh, to have freedom without needing forgiveness. And we have the wild yam and kanji. We have specific images to that unique culture and a lot of smells, a lot of tastes, a lot of sounds. Um, we have uh, lots of internal rhymes that you don't even think about until you're reading them aloud, which is, of course, what you need to do with poetry, is read it aloud and have it resonate in your blood. And then we have these short sentences in between these long sentences. So we have this varied syntax from, you know, no wonder the peony does what the peony does. The enfant prodigue has bathed in the whirlpool of wolf berries and ginger. And then these short three lines that sound almost like an order marinated her skin. Or at the end, I take a mouthful. And then the lingering, the hovering, the potential of yes or no in wait for the bees. Consider the peony, Helen Han Wei Luo. It is for the lack of piety that the peony pushes silk and gold to the bees, their pilfering seeds, thyme and marjoram, and peonies no longer. This is what lack of piety does, pollinate. The vinegar washes over black wood ear, five spice, sesame, a full moon, firecrackers, the red of my father's palm lashing across my cheek. His hair is dwindled and smoothened like a duck's egg rolling on the newspapered floor of the apartment, cluttering against the jagged corners for want of a mattress. Wind chimes. My mother almost ran away with a taxi driver. Times are so bad. At the pawn shop, porcelain angels grin crookedly, all of East Hastings smells of workmen and wandering cigarettes. I write because my mother hits me if I do not. I'll have a daughter if I must, but she won't be stupid she'll say. Now words are the agony of a girlhood populated by star anise and fermented beans ground together roughly until the decadence of love and brine simmered through the night. Hush, a boy is coming. My father at the birthing bed writes down characters, sun, sea, riches, light, best of names for the best of children, an enthused croaking lullaby. When you grow up, I'll bequeath you all the volumes of our family history. You'll pass them to your son after you. There are no such volumes. No wonder the peony does what the peony does. The enfant prodigue has bathed in the whirlpool of wolf berries and ginger, marinated her skin. Now she drains the broth through rusted pipes tumbling towards the sea and seeks no forgiveness. Steam rises from wild yam and congee. Each granule dangles in the liquid tassel of blinking lights of the airplane carrying my family eastbound. I take a mouthful. Wait for the bees. You've been listening to Miss Lyrics Poetry Outlaws. Stay fierce, word musicians. <laughs>